Every year I know we gonna go hard. We been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack. No, I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave the wish. Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. I am Wags and with me as always is Dane. Coming off of another Packer win, we are now three and one. Dane, we've got to feel a lot better now, a month into the season, than we did at the start. Yeah, I'll tell you what, um, three and one's not half bad. I don't care who you play, but they've played some good teams. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about it. I think that the offense looked to be overall not quite as in rhythm um, this week, but. They're good. That shows how good they are, I guess, is what it comes down to. And without MVS uh, over the top, without your two best offensive linemen, to go and, and hang points on the Steelers the way they did, and frankly, it felt like they could have done more if they if they wanted to. Um, they, it really felt like a, a game where the Packers were in control. So, um, you know, high marks as far as I'm concerned, and, and in particular for the offensive line, who just did another incredible performance this week. For sure. And we're going to break it all down offensively, defensively. Uh, We're going to hand out our big cheese players of the week. Um, If if for those of you that are watching us live on our YouTube or Facebook channel, feel free to put your reactions, comments, questions, overall thoughts on the game today or the team as a whole in the comments. We'll certainly try to address or get to those throughout the show. And uh, for those of you that are listening after we are Recording here on Sunday evening, uh, and uh, we always do our post-game full reaction podcast. Uh, we are doing that live now that we are part of the Pigskin Podcast Network um, on both YouTube and Facebook. So uh, if you missed a live tonight, uh, you can always join us. We'll be live on Thursdays for previews. And Sunday nights, as long as we don't have a late game on Sunday or Monday uh, for our post-game reaction show. we got to get so, our sleep, Wags. We love our Packers, exactly. but we got to get our beauty rest, too. <laughs> for sure. So, Dane, I think to start with, you said the offense, so let's dive into it. Yeah. I, it was a workmanlike effort. We said in our Instagram Live after the game, it did feel like, uh, we're going to focus on the Packers, not really concerned too much about the Steelers. It did feel like we left some points out there. So that being said, um, put up 27, and I think, you know, especially in the middle of the game, second and third quarter, I really felt like the offense had some nice rhythm. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, I thought that they were able to get something going there. Uh, it was really encouraging to see Rodgers finding Randall Cobb as much as he did today especially on third down. I mean, going into this year when we were able to bring him back, that's what we said. We said, you know, we think that Randall could be a guy who's going to move the chains, somebody that Rodgers has been comfortable with. And it took four games, but, I mean, they kind of blew the roof off today, I thought. Cobb looked shot out of a cannon on that touchdown reception where he was getting across. He looked like... Randall Cobb, we know, right? Um, so I thought overall they they found really good rhythm. Was also pretty happy with the run game. I know Aaron Jones put the ball on the ground, but other than that, um, Aaron Jones is a force. That it's you, you watch these opposing defenses, and I know fan bases around the the TV are just losing their minds, saying just tackle the guy, right? He's kind of got that it about him that he just bounces off the first guy so often. And then A.J. Dillon, he's the hammer. 
man, I, I mean, he, he just, he was rumbling today. Um, he was averaging over five yards a carry, I think, for most of the game. I'm not sure how it ended up, but just ran the ball really smoothly, athletic out of the backfield, catching balls, just, you know, a good performance from our team. But it, really encouraging when our running game's going and our running backs are going, Aaron Rodgers is pretty deadly because, you know, they, they dare the Packers to run the ball. And then when you can run the ball, it opens up the pass and Rodgers will just kill you nine out of ten times. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, A.J. Dillon, 15 carries for 81 yards. So you're right, uh, 5.5 yards per carry. I'll take had that. A big, had a big 16-yard reception from Rodgers uh, c- coming out of the backfield. Uh, so between – and Aaron Jones wasn't quite as efficient today. It wasn't his most efficient day. And certainly you mentioned the fumble, which I'm sure he'd like to have back. But uh, between the two of them, they carried the ball 30 times for 130 yards. Uh, so I think you'll take that any day of the week. Uh, so a lot of really nice balance from the offense. It wasn't the biggest day for Devontae Adams, but we've been talking about for a couple of weeks now. We're, we're not going to go away from Devontae, but when are we going to see some secondary guys start to get a little bit more involved? And today it was Randall Cobb. We've been waiting for this. We figured uh, Randall would have a you know, a game or two or three like this uh, this season. We don't expect it every week at this point in his career, but uh, he certainly capitalized. And as much as the touchdowns were beautiful, it, it, what was more impressive to me was how he was converting on those third downs. It's not like the Steelers didn't know what was coming at him. Yeah. They were obvious pass situations in most of those down and distances. And the Packers were able to convert 60% on third down today, 9 of 15. Uh, they had a couple third and shorts. Uh, it was really nice to see. That's been an area we've struggled. Brought in Dylan, and he just moved the piles. I think we converted all of those third and one or third and two situations today. Uh, but uh, Randall Cobb was doing most of the work early on on third down, and uh, that makes a significant difference in an outcome like today. So uh, that's that's the good that I'm definitely coming out of this. Um, Aaron Rodgers, what are your thoughts on his performance today, Dan? You know, I, I, I don't think he was as sharp as, you know, the world beater Rodgers. Maybe as sharp as he was at the end of that 49er game. I mean, I think you said it last week and it was really good uh, insight from you, Wags, was, you know, there's some days where Rodgers will just make that extra throw and he thinks he can just fit it in and he does and he just makes those throws. I didn't necessarily think he was that guy today. Um, I, I think that he was um, overall pretty efficient Took a couple shots that just didn't land, but I thought overall Rodgers had a nice day. It wasn't, um, you know, the the typical ho-hum, Aaron Rodgers absolutely torch you kind of day, but he took what the Steelers gave him for most of it. And, you know, frankly, the Packers didn't really need to rely on Aaron Rodgers, although it's really nice when you've got a three-time MVP spreading it out all over the field, but I thought the offense was balanced enough, um, and I was happy. I think that maybe the highest mark as far as I'm concerned with his performance, was that he spread it out and got it to got it to Cobb and also some of these check down players getting Tunyon involved as well a little bit. Mercedes Lewis had a ball downfield. Um, I think that Rodgers to Adams is ridiculous, but Rodgers to Adams and everybody else is even that next level ridiculous. And the more that we can diversify this offense, the more dangerous we're going to be when we're playing the, the cream of the crop in the NFL. 
Yeah, and I know we're talking offense right now, but really quickly, uh, I know there's a concern here. John yeah. Stone is asking if we've gotten any information on the Jair Alexander injury. And uh, just uh, checked, and according to Mike Garofalo of NFL Network, uh, the Packers do believe that Stokes suffered an AC joint injury in his shoulder. Uh, they do not know the extent. That's probably something that he'll need to get an MRI on. So it's it, it didn't look good. Um, so no. I'm just going to be holding my breath, and I think it's going to be one of those things where we'll have to wait and see uh, what the news is coming out of Green Bay in the next couple of days. The Packers aren't going to have to practice, so they're not necessarily going to come out right out and say anything. Hopefully – it's not something that will require surgery, but um, chances are it's still going to be a minimum of a few weeks of, of an injury that Jair is going to have to be dealing with either way. Um, so not the best news there, but uh, certainly um, something that we'll have to continue to monitor as we move forward. So, uh, Dane, getting back to the offense then. Offensive line, I think we talked about the running backs and their their production today. Second straight week, we're playing without our two best offensive linemen. They can't possibly have epitomized this next man in mantra any better than what we've seen. Uh, You could argue two best pass rushers in the game in back-to-back weeks, and Yash Nyman and uh, Billy Turner, and oh, by the way, those that young trio uh, in the interior of offensive line, uh, for the most part, just did a fantastic job today. Yeah, the future's bright, the offensive line. It's it's incredible what they're able to accomplish. It's and and the average fan, I hope, understands how incredible it is what they've accomplished over the last two weeks. Um they just I I watched Yash at left tackle. They they allowed him to play a little bit more on his own today. They still use some help, but I watched Yash get Watt was getting frustrated. Hence the the roughing the passer. Yash was frustrating him. It, it's pretty incredible what he was able to do on the left side. You mentioned Billy Turner. Billy Turner is just playing incredible football for the Packers. He he's really anchoring that right side of the offensive line. And you're right, the inside guys just we had the push today against this this front seven from Pittsburgh. We had the push more often than not, we were watching those defensive linemen and those linebackers um, on their heels. And hence the reason we're able to get – we ran the ball 30 times, as you mentioned, for, for over 100-plus yards. Um, we were getting next-level plays. I thought the running backs had good days, but I thought A.J. Dillon in particular had a couple runs where the offensive line gave him a head of steam, and then he was able to bust through a couple tackles. But um, you know, giving him those couple-yard head start – does not hurt at all when you've got somebody the size of A.J. Dillon. So just kudos to the offensive line, aggressive, punchy-in-the-mouth kind of guys. And what's so exciting is that the game's just not too big for any of them. We've seen bad guard play, bad center play over the years at times. But we're kind of spoiled right now, the fact that these guys can get out there and just, you know, punch guys in the mouth and play the way that we would hope that they would play. You're just not seeing a noticeable drop in production. And that's just absolutely incredible at this level to see that. For sure. And technically, the Steelers got credited with three sacks. One was on the final play when Rodgers took a a kind of a slide in the backfield when they were trying to make that conversion. So uh, it looks like I think Watt was the one that got credited for that sack. I 
think that should be a team sack, so we'll see uh, how that goes back. But fine, whatever. If he gets a sack for that, good on him, I guess. Uh, uh, technically, it, the only thing that bothers me about that, though, is <laughs> I don't think he deserves to get credit for a sack on that play. And, uh, you know, Rodgers did the right thing because mm-hmm. you want to run the clock. Uh, it's just too bad that the uh, uh, offensive line and, and – uh, whoever, I'm not sure if Watt was lined up against Nyman or Turner on that play, but they really shouldn't get dinged for a sack, in my opinion, Agreed. on that final play. Uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, certainly a great job up front today. So, Dane, did did it seem like there were, um, a, we talked about the good, we mentioned Aaron Jones's fumble, there were some missed opportunities, Uh I kind of go to the end, the Packers' second-to-last possession. We're up 27-10. to 10, And I think we handed the ball off to A.J. Dillon four straight times. Yeah. And it's second and four on the Steelers' 35-yard line. Clock's ticking with about seven <laughs> minutes left. What were we doing there? Like, I get it. The play was great. It looked like Bob Tunyon was open enough to just mm-hmm. walk into the end zone. Aaron didn't try to lead him too much because he didn't, and Hayden made a fantastic recovery. Even so, why aren't we just handing the ball off to AJ Dillon until the Steelers stop them? Make that clock run down, and if we've got to throw the ball on third down, so be it. But are, are we getting a little cute there? Because that's yeah. the exact scenario <laughs> I want to see: is Packers up seventeen and AJ Dillon rumbling down a defense they're tired they don't want to try to tackle that man anymore and uh the packers are icing away the game it's not like the steelers had made any stops on aj Dillon on that possession uh, so uh, okay fine you could talk about getting a nail on the coffin but we didn't need one in my mm-hmm. opinion that, that that situation seven minutes left i don't even care if we score a touchdown uh let's just keep running the ball uh run that clock they could have run another few minutes down uh so i don't know if that frustrated you as much as it did me uh, because it seemed like we played a bunch of unnecessary football for that last seven minutes uh, when we could have just basically iced it right then in that possession yeah i i would agree with you it's funny you mentioned that you and i didn't talk about this ahead of time but i was like why aren't we running the ball i was pretty calm today but i it just <laughs> frank lombardi uh, also uh th- thanks frank for for joining us tonight says i was wondering the same thing it's like just run the ball aj Dillon's just running over dudes at this point. And our offensive line was imposing their will uh, on this Pittsburgh defense. So I would agree. I think um, sh- uh, long answer to a short question is uh, yes. I think we were a little cute there and I think we should have just kept running the ball wags. It's the exact thing we've talked about for the last <laughs> year, ever since we've gotten, you know, I AJ know. Dillon, this is the scenario. Just give them the ball. Right. But mm. uh, you know, there are some other situations. I thought at the end of the half, you know, it, it, it seemed like the Packers uh, squandered a little bit of an opportunity mm-hmm. to put it in the end zone. I, I mean, that can happen. So I'm not saying the Steelers didn't make some plays. But to me, it was more just some miscommunications on some some throws uh, between Rodgers and his receivers than it was anything the Steelers were doing uh, down there at the end of the half. Um, uh, certainly, uh, you, you, you can take those points when you get them. Uh, let's talk a little bit uh, about the field goal coverage because mm-hmm. it seems like this is no longer a- an anomaly. Uh, right. We've been extremely fortunate. Uh, almost got blocked at the end of the 49er game. Now, you can argue whether uh, Hayden was actually offsides uh, this week. Uh, we'll, we, we'll take it. 
Uh, I'm not sure if he was. It was very, very close. Uh, either way, that's just completely unacceptable. And there's something uh, that the Packers sorely need to get fixed. Uh, and uh, Coach Drayton is seeing some leaky holes mm-hmm. in special teams already. So that's a little bit of a concern for me because these are the things that started popping up last year. Uh, and it was never just one thing, as you know, and as all Packer fans know, it's one week it's coverage, one week it's protection, one week it's, you know, the punting. Right. Um, so anyway, uh, I, I don't know if you have any thoughts well, on that. or I'm curious. Or what we- yeah, I'm, Wags, I'm curious. Do you think that there's a tell? I mean, they're getting a jump on this snap. They're getting a jump on it. Whether whether he was offsides or not uh, today, uh, 49ers last week, they are narrowly there. But I, I'm wondering if there's a tell that they're seeing in film uh, or a cadence or what's going on because they are getting the jump right on the jump. And I, I would argue there, today that he was an offsides. I don't think there he was has offsides. to be. I, yeah. I mean, I honestly, you know, um, we'll have to go back and study that closely and some, yeah. maybe some of the other uh, snaps too to see if we're seeing anything. But it wasn't just on the edge. I mean, they had, I don't know which stealer it was, but. They came on the edge and on the inside on that one. Uh, there was three guys in the backfield. Yeah. So that's a, that's a problem. Yeah, I, they're honestly, having a barbecue in Mason's front yard, Wags. I didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, that's not good at all. And the Packers are very, very fortunate uh, that that penalty was called. That's a 10-point swing, and that's a completely different ball game yeah. in the second half if that, if that play stands as a touchdown. For the Are you surprised that uh, Robert Tunyon uh, plays the edge there on special teams? I mean, no disrespect to Bob Tunyon, but he plays a ton of snaps offensively to begin with, and I wouldn't necessarily say his forte is blocking. Um, so are you surprised at all that he's the guy on the edge? I mean, I, I trust the coaching staff, but it, it, it surprises me for a number of reasons. Mostly, I mean, just his his uh, impact on the offense. I'm surprised he's out there. I don't know if it's just so that there's a threat of him leaking out if they ever want to do a fake, but I think <laughs> I'll, let's fix our protection first. Yeah. I agree with you. Uh, perhaps we'll see a change made starting next week uh, because obviously that's something that's going to need to be addressed, uh, and uh, certainly we can't have that going forward. So, Dane, on the bright side of special teams, let's talk Oof. about uh, Borges, man. Oh, wow. He, I'm, I'm going to, you know, not to give away the lead, but uh, special teams big cheese of the week for sure. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, Corey booms. I mean, and and not only does he get a hold of the football, but he also frustrates uh, returners. He's pretty good at angling the punt. I mean, talk about a good use. I know it's been four weeks, but let's talk about good use of a draft pick on this one, um, on a trade, because we went, no disrespect to J.K., but J.K. was up and down, and more often or not, he started the season hot. And then we had no idea where we were getting from him week in, week out after about week five on. And you can't have that, I don't think. And Bajorquez all of a sudden becomes a weapon. We're watching Corey out there swinging the leg. I mean, a 57-yard punt today is incredible, but he's also been able to pin guys down. He seems to have a little bit more command over where he's going to be putting the football. And if we're able to, to pin guys back and, and you know allow our defense to pin their ears back a little bit more this season, it, it's just you can flip the field. And in those games where you're talking field uh, position battles, especially against good teams, if we're not giving up field position and he's able to pin guys and do what he's been doing th- through the first four games, we're in a really good position. I think it also helps 
uh, and benefits our coverage unit uh, on punt cover. Something that we've seen in the past a little bit is we'd see JK, when he did get a hold of the ball, he'd actually outkick his coverage at times. And uh, if we're able to not do that this year, I think it's going to be helpful for everybody involved. Yeah, and you're not talking about J.K.'s wife or girlfriend when you're talking about that either. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, he he flipped the field twice today. One standing inside yes, his, his own end zone. Uh, you referenced a 57-yard punt. And not only that it went 57 yards, but drew a, drew a fair catch on it too. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. And then pinning uh, them inside the five as well in the first half. So... Uh, three punts, but just made them count, and just a great job. Uh, that's mm-hmm. uh, obviously we. No offense, Corey. Don't want to see you out on the field too much, but yeah. three three punts. If you're only punting three or less times in a game, uh, that's that's a pretty good indication that the offense is doing a pretty good job of moving the football, uh, and that certainly was the case today. Um, the last thing I think you know, just I wanted to address, Dean, is um, I think the balance offensively. You've got to feel really good coming out of today. So, I mean, this has been a pretty quick evolution or progression to getting this offense up to speed. There were some missed opportunities today. Mm -hmm. I do understand that. But uh, we started off pretty poorly. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. And then Mm -hmm. it was a little bit one-dimensional, still a little bit of of, of kinks that I think we've been working out uh, in week two against Detroit. Seemed to really click pretty well uh, against San Francisco. And then today, I just, even even with some of those aforementioned missed opportunities to get more touchdowns, mm-hmm. I, I thought that the balance that we had running the ball and passing the ball, uh, getting different guys involved uh, in the pass game, uh, certainly with Cobb getting more involved today, I think that can only bode well uh, for this offense as we move forward, don't you think? Because uh, the one thing we haven't seen a lot is the tight end. Uh, part of that is because we needed to help have them help block mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks. Uh, but uh, that's like the one dimension of this offense that we haven't unveiled. Uh, so I think there's still another level uh, that this offense can get to. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, that that's what makes this offense so dangerous is there are a lot of guys that can get you. And the more that Rodgers is comfortable back there, um, really kind of playing the point guard role and, and, and getting that ball around and distributing it to a lot of different guys, not only for the, the big chunk plays, but some of these shorter plays, especially from the running backs and others. Um, I, I think that that's really, really good to see. And also, Wags, I like the wrinkle of just kind of these um, get it to Devontae and make him have a guy miss. Devontae's become just very apt at doing that. And I feel like they're doing more of that this year, kind of the um, design. It's almost a, it's a mini screen almost. You'll have Alan Lazard out there and he'll, he'll kind of rub off one of the DBs and then get to that next defensive back. And, and, you know, Devontae makes a guy miss and they can get upfield. So I like what we're seeing from this Packers offense. Um, No, no more, um, Third down pitches would be good, and second down pitches. I'm a little tired of uh, of all of the, the the pitches we saw. Only one today, and I was I was pleased with that. But um, you know, overall, I think that the offense looks 
like it's coming along. But I would agree. I don't think that they're anywhere near where they can be. And that's what should be frightening for the league is I feel like we're watching an offense ascending right now, not one that this is going to be its finished product. And if um, they can continue to work guys in and MVS comes back healthy in a few weeks, um, you know, I think the sky truly is the limit for this offense this season. Yeah, and I think we're starting to see that come to fruition here. And hopefully this offensive line starts to get healthy in the next couple of weeks. Uh, When you look at the schedule, not to jump ahead a little bit, but uh, these next few games for the Packers realistically are games you should win. As we know, that doesn't necessarily mean anything week to week. But uh, if we're able to uh, get through these next few games and take care of business, uh, and then, again, hopefully uh, start to get some health back up front. Uh, we're only a couple of games away from Bakhtiari being eligible to yes. be reinstated. I don't know that we'll see him in the first game he's eligible, but we'll have to monitor that and keep an eye on it, certainly. So, um, Dane, any other thoughts on this offense before we uh, move over to the defensive side of the ball? No, I think, I, I think I'd like to talk a little bit about the defense as well. I, um, Kenny Clark had another incredible performance today. He is so aggressive uh, at the point of attack for this Packers defense, and I think he's playing just really inspired football right now. You could see, and, and going into this game, we knew that the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line was really the weak point of this offense, and Kenny Clark abused them uh, throughout the game. I, I watched him taking on double teams. I, I, I watched him driving their, their interior linemen backwards on their heels like they're high school football players, and I'm not joking. Like Ke- Kenny Clark today was absolute madmen and I don't think that the Packers brought as many blitzes because the Packers defensive line was able to just really control the line for most of the game they're able to get their hands up getting Big Ben's face a little bit as well so um, just really really good stuff um, from Kenny Clark today and I think that he started um, that performance and then the rest of the defense obviously swarmed around him and played really good ball. Yeah, certainly the first series for Pittsburgh wasn't the best way to start this game. And not something we typically see happen is Jair Alexander getting beat over the top. And I would say that there may have been a little bit of a slight arm extension at worst mm-hmm. uh, by Johnson on that play. Jair certainly was looking for the flag. It it wasn't blatant, but... Uh, it was it was a very good pass, one of the few really good passes from Big Ben today. Uh, but um, you know, certainly after that, I thought the defense did a really nice job overall, uh, especially situationally. Mm. And uh, you said it up front. I thought the defensive line started a little bit slow. Uh, I thought they were uh, the Steelers' offensive line was getting some push early on, and I think. If you're the Steelers coaching staff, you're going back and thinking we should have tried to establish the run a little bit more uh, in this game Mm. in the first half. Uh, In a way, it was a double-edged sword for the Steelers that they scored that pass in the first half because I think they may have uh, had been throwing a little bit more than 
they otherwise may have. I, I don't know exactly what their game plan was. Uh, certainly, he had some guys open. Uh, so yeah. uh, you can't give the Packers defense too much credit on a couple of those throws. Ben just missed the guy and may have been a couple of touchdowns on some of those throws. So um, it's a good thing uh, when the defense can have some tape and the coaching staff can have some tape uh, to go back to the guys with uh, when it it, was, it didn't end up being plays that, that they got beat for touchdowns on. So that's, that's the fortunate thing. Um, but um, I thought that in the first half too, um, what I really liked is that as the half went along, Packers started to, to get some nice possessions on offense. The defense came back out, kept attacking, and, and mm-hmm. really did a fantastic job against the run. And, and you're absolutely right. It starts with Kenny Clark up front. Um, and he started to to really, um, I think, get some push up the middle. And, and that frustrated the, the Steelers' offensive line. And from that point on, uh, they weren't really getting that push that I saw early in the game. Weggs, Vondre Campbell. Uh, once again, just a heck of a performance. What was your takeaway watching him in the inside, especially Chris Barnes down? I thought that Ty Summers and Oren Burks um, were a really good one-two punch. Uh, Ty and more of the base role, Oren Burks, more of the passing situations. I kind of like what they're doing with those two uh, in there, but I thought that Campbell uh, yet again had a really good performance. What was your takeaway from him today? Yeah, Campbell, nine tackles. He was all over the field. Uh, in particular, uh, the Steelers' second-to-last possession, uh, they had a, a, one of their third and fourth and four situations. On third and four, he comes in, gets a nice pass breakup. Uh, yeah. That's a type of play that we've seen teams just eat this Packers defense alive on in the past. And uh, he's one of the first linebackers for the Packers we've had in recent memory that's been able to make that read and make the play. Uh, so uh, credit to him. And then on fourth down, uh, we've got a receiver running a crossing route over the middle. Again, another play that the Packers have just gotten pretty much destroyed on in recent years. And it again was Devondre Campbell making the big stick. And uh, it wasn't even close to getting the first down. So... Those two plays just summarize to me what type of impact Devondre Campbell's making on this Packers defense. He's making series-stopping, game-impacting uh, plays, and they may not be a big interception. They may not be a sack uh, that really pops off, but I got to tell you, those types of plays can swing a, a game and, and really make a defense look a lot better at the end of the game. The game. So uh, I, I'm super impressed with Devonta Campbell. Nine tackles today. Yeah. Uh, and you said Oren Burks and Ty Summers uh, got quite a bit. Oren, I thought, was out there. Uh, on, we'll have to get the snaps. Seemed yeah. like he was out there for quite a bit more. Considering the Steelers were playing some catch-up, it makes sense that they mm-hmm. weren't going to have their base package out there quite as much, especially in the second half. Um, he... He was pretty good. He had six tackles. I thought he he made some nice plays. Uh, he missed a couple of tackles as well uh, that I do re- remember. Uh, so uh, he hasn't gotten a lot of game action, but certainly uh, he's going to have to clean that up. Uh, we can't afford uh, to be missing uh, clear tackles. There's one I recall where he had the uh, 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 Steelers running back uh, uh, tackled for a loss. It, Miss him, uh, and he ends up, uh, Harris ends up 
going from a two yard loss to picking up a first down, he just lowers his shoulder and carries guys forward. So, um, I, he wasn't the only one. I thought there were a few other Stokes missed a tackle, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Um, so there were a few other opportunities, uh, that we had some missed tackles today. So I'm hoping that's not something that creeps in because that's, but that's been a bugaboo for this defense as well in the past. And Eric Stokes, um, you know, I think, Fans are going to need to be a little patient. He is a rookie, but again, he flashed the guy that I think the Packers drafted. He um, had a a nice pass breakup early in the game, had his first career interception today. I saw, you know, of course, there was the the penalty and there was a couple other plays in there. But overall, I like the swagger he plays with. He's, He's definitely got a confidence about him, the way that he's playing the game. Um, the game doesn't look too fast for him by any stretch. His speed is definitely on display. His his raw physical uh, ability as well. So I think the Packers really landed uh, on someone. And now we might need to see an accelerated version of Eric Stokes if uh, if this potential AC injury to Jair Alexander uh, comes to fruition. So um, what say you? Uh, more Eric Stokes? Uh, how, how were you pleased with him today? I, I was. I give him positive grades overall, uh, especially Jair going down. But um, he he played pretty good football. Yeah, it seems like they were targeting him early for sure. Yeah. And uh, you know, he. I thought you're right. He made a couple of mistakes. He got the the pass interference uh, down at the end in the end zone again. Um, I don't know if it was. Definitely pass interference, but I understand why it was called. Mm-hmm. It, there's, there were plays where he had some pass breakups. Um, he had his first career interception, so congratulations to that young man on that play to seal the seal the win. Um, and so what I like is is that he has a short memory, and you've said this before. Uh, it's definitely apparent that that's something that they worked with him on uh, all through summer and all into camp having him line up against Devante, He took his beatings, <laughs> yes. but he got back up and got back out there and started playing. And I think that approach has definitely translated, and it's something that I think is going to help Eric Stokes because you can tell he's got a ton of confidence, and the more he's out there and the more plays he's making, it seems like the better he's getting and the more confident he's getting. He knows he can play in this league. He's got such such good speed uh, that he can he can recover really well and so i think um i i like what i've seen from him obviously uh, any game that we're without jair alexander is one game too many uh but i i certainly am preparing uh, i'm hoping mm-hmm. for their best case scenario it's it's maybe just a two or three week injury um uh, again, we'll have to wait and see exactly what what this will entail. Maybe I maybe it's even more optimistic than that. I don't know, but um, at this point, I think I would probably take that. Uh, to be quite honest with you, uh, yeah. Dane, let's talk a little bit. You said Kenny Clark, um, Kingsley Kiki gets in there for a strip yes. sack today. I love that. Rashawn Gary also gets in there, makes a monster sack, just leaping over his guy, uh, and uh, was really active. I thought this was, I I felt this was the most active uh, and productive Rashawn Gary's been to this point in the season. Uh, Preston Smith got the injury early and wasn't really uh, as impactful for today as I felt he was the first three games. Uh, But thankfully, it looks like 
he's going to be okay. Hopefully it's just uh, kind of something uh, that he'll be able to recover from pretty quickly. But obviously he was out there uh, for mm-hmm. most of the game, came back in. But Rashawn Gary uh, gets the sack. He gets a couple of quarterback hits. Um, he got a tackle for a loss. Uh, I just felt like he was really, really active. So, Dane, is this a harbinger of things to come? I hope, so. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. You know, I, I'm high on Rashawn. I, I really like him. He's got a good motor. I tweeted earlier today on that sack. He was just he was hand fighting. He had that inside move. He just kind of kept coming. I hope so. Uh, we're going to need him, especially if we do end up being down Jair for for uh, extended period of time. The faster you can get to the quarterback, the more help you're giving the guys in the back end. So we're going to need Rashawn to to continue to step up. Uh, obviously, this week we haven't talked about it yet, but this is Darius Smith also had back surgery. There's a possibility he's done for the year. So when we start to talk in those terms. And, and you're talking about Zadarius Smith and Jair Alexander potentially being out for extended period of time. And now we're just, I'm guessing on Jair and hopefully I'm completely off base. Um, but if that's the case, the best remedy is for some of these young guys to have accelerated um, potential and get to the quarterback and do the things that they need to do. So um, good on Kingsley Kiki. I would like to continue to see the Packers work in. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Work in other defensive linemen. Allow Kingsley Kiki to do what I think he does best, which is get after the passer. I think that if we're talking third downs uh, this season with a fresh Rashawn Gary and a fresh Kingsley Kiki on the field at the same time, that can be a disruptive force. Uh, for this Packer defense. Um, so I, I hope so, Wags. I hope it's more to come. Nobody works harder than Rashawn Gary. And he gets after it. You don't see him quit on plays either. And I think that that's going to um, be a, a positive as the year wears on. But I hope that he doesn't have to play more snaps than he should be playing uh, due to some of these injuries. And he can, can continue to, um, I think, build off of a really strong week four. Yeah, and we'll get more into you know who's going to have to step in uh, yeah. and uh, we'll see a little bit more once we get some additional information on exactly the extent of that Jair Alexander injury obviously you just mentioned uh, Zadaria Smith everyone in Packer Nation knows that situation at this point I would like to get into some discussions on that a little bit on Thursday yeah uh, I would too it seems like a little bit of a strange situation I'll just put it that way um, obviously he's been dealing with back issues it's just the timing of the surgery strikes me as a little bit mm-hmm. uh, you know interesting uh, I think is is the best way to put it um, but uh, certainly uh, we've got to just hold our breath this Packer team, to be honest, has been so fortunate when it comes to injuries these last couple of years. Uh, so it's part of the game of football. It's going around. Uh, uh, it happens to every team. Uh, the extent of, of the injuries and who they happen to uh, it certainly can differ. Um, so hopefully um, we just have to be optimistic and, and see if these injuries are the type that these guys can all come back from yeah. uh, so far. It's still possible. Uh, so we'll have to kind of see. And, and um, I don't know if you picked up any body language from Jair, if that tells us anything. But, um, I, again, I think we're just going to have to wait and see what happens in the next couple of days. It didn't um, look but, good, uh, Wags, right? I, it just no. the reality is because Jair Alexander is about as tough as they come. And the way he rolled back and rolled around – 
Uh, I thought he broke his arm was my initial uh, thought. Obviously, that wasn't the case, and we don't know the extent of it. But um, the way he looked, he's too tough, you know, to just be rolling around for fun out there and then to take the cart. That's just all of this is outside of his personality of everything we know about who Jair Alexander is. Um, that being said, hopefully it was um, a lot of severe pain early on, and this isn't something that's an extended thing. But again, we'll hold our breath. We're going to cross our fingers, and I think we'll know more probably in the next, what, 24, 48 hours where we're at. All right, very good. So, Dane, before we get to our big cheese players of the week. I think we need to take a break to hear from our sponsor, DraftKings, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And uh, this week, uh, DraftKings and every football fan should be aware of a new customer offer. If you bet just $1 on any NFL game, you can win $100 in free bets uh, if either team scores a point. So, Dane, we've talked the last week or so. Your wife, Andrea, is a fantasy football expert. She's gotten on, on, on DraftKings and taken advantage of these new customer offers. Uh, tell us a little bit about what she's doing and how she's doing so far as she's uh, pay, played her daily fantasy sports lineup. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what, Wags. All I do is I look over her shoulder look at what she's drafting, and I try to copy her the best of my ability. Uh, but you're right. I mean, this deal that DraftKings is putting together is absolutely wonderful. All you have to do is use this promo code TPPN, uh, like the the Pigskin Podcast Network, TPPN, and uh, you put a dollar in uh, and you get $100 back. It's, it's, it's an awesome deal. Uh, so she's doing really well on her fantasy football. I'm pretty jealous of her right now. It's a point of contention in our marriage wags. She's just better than I am at fantasy football. Uh, and, and I think that a lot of it goes to, again, DraftKings. Uh, she uses, uh, you know, TPPN, put it in, $1 down. She got $100 free bets back. It's awesome. All right, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, throw down $1 on any NFL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Dane, so it's time. Let's get to those uh, be legendary Cheeseheads of the week. And uh, I think there's some pretty obvious choices, but I'm going to let you lead it off. Um, Who do you have circled as the cheesehead player of the week on the offensive side of the ball? That's easy. It's Randall Cobb for me. Uh, Coming back to Green Bay, uh, playing at that level in front of a a full capacity crowd. You could see how fired up he was. I think Aaron Rodgers was as excited as Randall Cobb on that touchdown play. And if Cobb continues to play, you know, the the thing with Randall Cobb is uh, it's it's the injury issues, right? That's been something over the years with him. Um, He's tough as all get out. 
Uh, but, you know, he'll get some of these nagging injuries. And he looked young. He looks fresh right now. He looks really engaged in the game. Uh, what a pro's pro. Making those plays, converting third downs, scoring a touchdown. He was just dynamic today for this Packer offense that needed somebody other than Devontae Adams. It was Randall Cobb who came calling, and I'm hoping that this is a harbinger of things to come. So Randall Cobb for me, Wags, and I'm curious your take, if I can get a second on this, is our big cheese player of the day. You're getting no argument from me, Dave, and I'm not going <laughs> to try to give us a split vote on this one. Uh, yeah, Randall Cobb. Glad we called that guy yeah. uh, again. <laughs> uh, we're, 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 we're not second guessing that decision at all. And it seemed like uh, when Aaron, by the way, congratulations to Aaron Rodgers for tying Dan Marino, uh, 420 career touchdown passes. I'm sure Incredible. he was pretty happy. Uh, that uh, Randall Cobb, or if it would have been Devontae Adams, uh, uh, that he was pretty happy that Randall Cobb was the one that caught that pass. Uh, it seemed like he had a couple of words for him after the reception. So, uh, yeah, Randall Cobb, definitely offensive cheesehead player of the week. Dane on defense, uh, for me, I'm just going to go ahead and take the lead on this one. Mm-hmm. I've got to go with Devondre Campbell. I yeah. think, you know, there's some guys. Rashawn Gary had a, a really outstanding game, but... For me, Devonde Campbell, from start to finish, was just making such a big impact at that second level against the run, uh, against the pass. I cited a couple of those uh, really big plays that he made in the Steelers' second-to-last series, but truth be told, he was all over the field for the entirety of this game, uh, nine tackles, and uh, I think uh, he's just really solidified the middle of that Packers defense, uh, and I think gives us an opportunity to see what the potential of this defense could be under a new, co- new defensive coordinator, Joe Barry. We've been playing better and better over the last couple of weeks on the defensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. and I've got to say, I think Devondre Campbell is a big reason why that's the case. You're spot on. He would have been mine as well. And I agree. Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark are both up there. But uh, Rashawn Gary today, actually, uh, when asked after the game uh, what he's brought to the Packers defense, uh, Rashawn Gary talking about Devondre Campbell says speed, leadership and confidence. Spot on, right? That's that's who this guy is right now. He's doing all of those things for this Packers defense. And, um, you know, we've wondered, I think, aloud at times uh, over the years, what would happen if the Packers invested in a middle linebacker? Um, you know, they may have found somebody right now who just fits what they're doing really well. I know Coach Barry comes from a line of uh, inside linebackers. That's kind of his bread and butter. That's what he's into. Uh, I think they kind of hand-selected the guy that he likes. They were able to get him uh, into Green Bay. It was a heck of a deal uh, for the Packers to bring him in so far. And he seems to be one of those guys in the middle that's helping enforce. He's helping uh, coach up the young guys a little bit out there as well. Uh, He's wearing the green dot. He's doing everything you ask uh, of an inside linebacker uh, for for a team that wants to win football games. So he is more than deserving this week, but also we need to watch him going forward because he seems to be bringing a lot to this defense. For sure. Uh, And then no-brainer on the special teams. And just so we know, it doesn't have to be the punter or the kicker, but this week, definitely Corey Borges, as far as I'm concerned, uh, just even though he only had three punts, 
how can you not be impressed with his work today? Uh, just fantastic performance. It could come on coverage. It could come on protection. Uh, but uh, we did Mason Crosby last week, and to me this week it's definitely Corey Burke as, as the big cheese for special teams player of the week. Yeah, yeah. You, you said it all there. He, he's playing good football. Hopefully we don't have to see him play at all next week. Uh, we, but, uh, it, you know, we can give him the week off. But he was really good this week. Yeah. Uh, so, Dane, any other concluding thoughts here on today's win or kind of where this team sits uh, before we sign off here tonight? You know, Wags, it's kind of interesting. I'm glad we won, but I still don't really know if I can glom a lot off of this game. Uh, in, in a weird way, I thought that the, the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense was pretty inept at times. Ben Roethlisberger is not the Ben Roethlisberger that I remember um, watching. I haven't watched him closely in a while, and watching him today, I kind of was like, you know, we, we had a... Uh, uh, a friend on uh, Mark uh, who who uh, runs the the Steelers podcast, and I was listening to him talk uh, during our, our preview of this game, and I was I was going, you know, is he just being too critical of Ben? He's not. He's not being too critical. I think Ben just was missing throws, and this isn't a Steeler podcast, but it is a Packer podcast, and it's hard for me to evaluate the defense completely based on the number of throws that were missed today. That being said, we've seen Packer defenses in the past make very, um, you know, less than average quarterbacks look very good. And the Packers did not allow that to happen today. So I think that that's encouraging. think that um, the team showed today that even if the offense isn't 100% going with the flow, they can win a football game against a good defense. And I think that that's what they did today. And overall, I think we're learning the character of this team. These guys are picking each other up. Uh, we're seeing different guys show up week in and week out. Uh, A.J. Dillon was very, very good today. If we can limit Aaron Jones's workload at times and allow for both of these guys to get some carries, I think it's just going to make this team better as the season wears on. It's only four weeks in, but to be 3-1 and one in the division that we're in, I feel really good about where we're at. Now we just need to get our offensive line healthy, cross our fingers with Jair Alexander, and uh, you know keep moving forward forward and where we need to next man up but let's keep winning football games wags for sure so folks that joined us here live this evening thanks thanks so much for jumping on and uh, giving us your thoughts and comments um, and uh, we will be back on Thursday at 7.30 Central Time. So if you have an opportunity to jump on either before or during our live stream on Facebook or YouTube, uh, feel free to share some comments, questions, etc. We'll try to include you in the show wherever we can. So appreciate you all uh, following along. And uh, thanks so much for listening. Be legendary and go Pack Go! Go pack, go. We gonna go hard. We been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads, go pack, go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport, and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will say.